Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my buddy James. Hello, buddy. Normally best buddy. Well, I put best at the beginning this week. I said best friends on a quest to find the greatest. So I, I got it in there. Oh, I apologise and I've, I've derailed your beginning. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. We haven't derailed the friendship though. That's the thing. <laughs> the, the gold S- is still here. Soon. <laughs> Well, let's see how this episode goes. <laughs> Welcome to episode 239 of the podcast. So this week we are, uh, it's a smorgasbord episode. So every now and again we do this where we break away from a film or a theme and we just chat shit. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, the main piece is going to be on Luther, The Fallen Sun, which we we led to last week. Um, the film has been out for a little while now, so we probably will go into spoiler territory. Most people that are Luther fans have probably seen it before now. Yeah. It has a bit of a captive audience. Um, we'll get into it in detail. I do think you need you definitely need to know the tv series to to really appreciate the film you really need to understand who luther is to see how the story goes yeah that makes sense because this film plays heavily on the fact that you know who he is so we don't need that backstory we don't need that character development we need to see where he's up to at this point um so we're going to talk about that with some spoilers so that's a heads up but we are also going to talk on these episodes um more uh just having a bit of fun you know rather than Casting the magnifying glass and analytically looking at movies Ooh, to the well to the high degree that we normally do. Obviously, James. yes, with you Hank and Jack. Man. Of course, <laughs> you know all those kind of uh, episodes that we've done: box office bombs and soundtracks in movies, and you know Godzilla from 1998 with Matthew Broderick really yeah. needed dise- you know dissecting. Yeah, you didn't like that, did you? <laughs> you were an audience. Needed did listeners. Not like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this week, yeah, we're going to look. We're just going to be a little bit more silly. We're going to talk about film, but I've put together. I basically. I'm going to challenge you, James, to a series of scenarios mm. where I'm going to send you back in time. Oh. The time machine that we've often talked about that, you know. We only use for stupid things. Yes. Because are, that's the, our way. <laughs> that is the way. The imaginary time machine that we have, I'm going to pit you against certain scenarios and seeing what would have the biggest effect on mm. cinema and audiences if you were to fuck about with your time machine. Oh, I'm looking forward to so it. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to look at that. We're going to take some famous movies and start looking at, if you tweak them, would it make it less iconic? Yeah. I, do you know what I liked there as well when you said this is the way? Because I, sir, got my hands on a bit of a Disney Plus subscription and I finally joined the world in watching the first two series the Mandalorian? Of The Mandalorian. Oh, mate, I've how good is it? it? I have waited. I haven't seen the Series 3. I want it all out there so I can splurge myself mm. and have a go. I'm just saying now. Now, I want to get his name correct. Grogu, the child. Grogu, yeah. Grogu. If anything happens to Grogu, I will rip off my own skin, <laughs> transform myself into this world that doesn't exist and save that child because I've never been more emotionally attached to a green blob since yeah. fucking flubber and Favreau's <laughs> just done it, it like I mean when he when he came out of Grogu at the end of that first episode it, it, it's amazing what a great story and I've always been a fan of this I when we talk about Star Wars and we we get deep mm. in there and we're talking about you know Obi-Wan Kenobi I'm so sick of the same story I say that all the time I say yeah. I want a different story I want to move away from the fucking Skywalker and their boring family no spoilers I'm all right with the Skywalker injection into this series. Very well played. But I'm going to say, finally, take in the character of the Mandalorian, a man from the from the planet Mandalore, an honour-bound bounty hunter, the way, a religious sect of the Mandalore society, bounty huntering. You've got one of my favourite characters is just known as the Armourer. Mm. Oh, my God, sizzle me and flip me, mate. Emily Swallow's character, great, the armor, yeah. Absolutely Bo-Katan phenomenal. bo as well, series. brilliantly played. And you you, I mean, you're, you must be a Bo-Katan fan, given Obviously. 
the heritage of um, I've forgotten her name now. It will come to me in a moment. But being in, uh, she's been in Star Trek and stuff. Isn't yeah. She? So I'm just, I'm just amazed at what great storytelling is from from the iconic opening of him in a bar fight. It's a western. We love westerns. We talked about Unforgiven last week. What a great time to realize that the Mandalore is great. The Mandalorian, sorry. And a great storytelling, great build as well. Each matching attention. You get these side characters that basically join in and and foster this great relationship around what I think is one of the best MacGuffins in the world. The arrival of the child. You know, he gets told it's 50 years old, shows up as a child, not expecting this. There's a droid in the first series that I did not expect to steal my heart, and that droid fucking did. What a badass. When you watch the prequels, the droids look a bit shit. Mm. And you've got this rotating droid that's IG-11. spinning around. I, mate. IG-11, voiced what? by Taika Waititi. Phenomenal. And was originally, was in uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know So that. there is the, yeah, so oh, yes. the, the scene You're when you said. see Boba Fett for the first time. So actually, no, it's in, it's in Empire. Empire. When, yeah, remember, when yeah. Uh, yeah, Vader's recruiting the bounty hunters and you see Bosk, the lizard, um, IG-11 is there yeah. as one of those bounty hunters. If you see him for a second, and Favreau picked that character out and brought him into this uh, storyline. And he, he's great, isn't he? Yeah. So I think some of the greatest work... So uh, Katie Sackhoff is Bo-Katan. So. It, was, it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant, amazing, fantastic. Got to say, not a fan of House of Flair. Let's come on to that in a second. Okay. Bill Burr's character, the first time, uh, not Bill Burr, yeah. Bill no, Burr. it's Bill Burr. The, yeah. the guy who basically has to go, he's a former, he shows up in the, that's the guy that shows up in the, the train heist where they're trying yeah. to get it, get it and he so, comes back later. So yeah. that episode, so he's originally in the pirate one where they're, they're in the prison in the sky. That's the one, yes. And that's all right. But when he comes back, you're like, oh my, Bill Burr can really fucking act. Yes. Like, he has such depth in that. When he has to, when he's in the canteen and they're talking shit and he's like, yeah. I know I'm a dead man, but fuck no, I'm, I'm addressing what you're saying. And I was like, Bill Burr, mate, throwing like weight around in this Disney Plus show. I, uh, yeah. The, um, yeah, I thought you'd like it as well because it's very X-Files. You've got the overarching storyline, but yeah. you've got Monster of the Week episodes. If you, you've just got to stop by this village that's been attacked. So you it's can do an honorable time, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I need this thing. This person's got it. Yeah, I'll give you it, but you've got to go rid me of this, this exactly. inconvenience. Yes. You you know, and um Oh fucking one of my standout performers is Oh Killer Moff from Scream Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Um what's his name? Oh man, oh, what no, you I, did, I thought I he was gonna say Moff Gideon. Um, Moff Gideon's obviously badass. And also I'm gonna say this now. Said on Gene Hackman, I like a mustache. It's very hard to pull off a mustache in twenty twenty three. I know it's twenty twenty one when he yeah. first came out with his mustache. But uh Gustavo, whose name, you know, he's a phenomenal actor, but I'll always remember him as the villain. <laughs> Do you know what the problem is? He's Timothy Oliphant's the other one. Timothy Oliphant. What a great performance that was in the second series where he's trying to find his people. And he's trying to find the Mandalores. And he shows up and he's taking his hat. Oh my God. Mm. I genuinely wasn't expecting it to be that good. Did, did you not like him in Boba Fett? I do like him in Boba Fett. My problem with Boba Fett is, and sacrilegious right now, I think Boba Fett is one of the most overrated characters of the in the history of the world. We as an audience love doing that. So remember Lord of the Rings? And there was that character that was played by the second half. It wasn't Jermaine Clements. It was the other gentleman oh, Brett from... Brett McKenzie, yeah. Brett McKenzie. And they gave this massive backstory to the character fans did, the fan fiction, and then he actually gets a speaking line in Return mm. of the King. That's exactly what it did decades earlier 
with Boba Fett. And I'll be honest, Boba, I've never liked Boba Fett. Boba Fett, the, the studio hyped him up. They were like, these characters coming into it. He's like, you know, and they they paraded Boba mm. Fett before you saw him on the big screen. And there's toys and there was, you know, you could fill in coupons and get a little, you know, figurine that fired a rocket. And so the studio bigged up Boba Fett. And then when you see him in the film, it's almost laughable now. It isn't is it? laughable. And I don't think, I don't like the character. But I like how he calls out a Sarlax pit. I thought that, that was pretty cool. cool. And I love how when he's down there, you see oh, the, the stormtrooper that yes. you forget went first. Yeah. He's still down there as well. That's what I do. You know what? I do like that. But I, but after that, when he gets a story and he decides to take over the hut, and then the other hut show up, I, I thought there was a good storyline in there. However, the studio itself lost its own interest and it turns into Mandalore. <laughs> 2.5. But, yes, you're right. You're right. Um, Boba Fett, though, on the whole, when I think about why I extract from it, what did I get? I got Tuscan Raider scenes. The first two episodes are strong. I was like, Tuscan Bloody Raiders are pretty cool. Yeah, I do actually quite like that you got to spend some time yeah. with them. Uh, that was Fred- pretty cool. Fennec Shard, I thought, was a great right-hand man, henchman. You know, yeah. she's she's awesome. She is pretty you good. You've got a Rangor in it that gets a huge role in the last episode, yeah. delivered by Danny Trejo. That is that, that was unexpected. Yeah, you get um, the Gamoran guards, the pig, the green pigs. I, like I was that like, yes, you bring do need them. them. Back. Yes, you, you've got the dark saber. You get to see. I mean, that is the Mandalorian episode, but you get to see him wielding the the dark yeah. saber, which then you see Bo Katan's role in it being like, I used to wield that, which is online with the Clone Wars. You know, when yeah. she wielded it when she took on Darth uh, Darth Maul. Well, that's actually a question I wanted to ask you. I want to watch the Clone Wars that you talk very highly yeah. of. Is that the animated one? Yeah, it's very good. So there's seven seasons. It's a lot to get through. Right, okay. What it what it does though is it, it opens up. I was having this conversation with my brother recently. Is that although the prequel trilogy with you know Qui Gon and Obi Wan, <laughs> you mean Jar the Jar second Binks, best trilogy because it's it's better than the sequels, mate. <laughs> so even though they're not, you know, Attack of the Clones is probably the worst out of any oh, Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, film. Yeah. I still love that era. I love. You know the, the the you know all the Senate stuff. I love the Federation stuff. I you love, love a trade war. Yeah. You've always said it. <laughs> I love the Naboo city. You know I like all of that stuff. And so what the Clone Wars does is it gives you a lot of that. It gives you so much more Anakin. Obviously, introduce you to Ahsoka as Anakin's Padawan. Yeah. Um, the problem with it is is that I don't think the studio fully gave him license to scenes or moments, so they couldn't animate parts of the motion pictures. Yeah. So particularly in the last season, um, in the last season when Order 66 is happening, you see that happening from Ahsoka's point of view. Yeah. You know, so she's on a ship when it all goes down and and all this. And by this point as well, you've got seven seasons of loving Stormtroopers because there's characters like Rex and all these other ones that you, you, you know, you so start when to they really die and it actually hurts. Yeah. And, mm. But you, you, you're missing huge chunks of what's happening, you know, on, on you know, off worlds somewhere else. Can and, but Darth Maul as well. There's so much Maul in the TV series, and and so what you don't get from the films is Ahsoka is actually transporting Maul to the Jedi Council to stand trial. She's got him. She's caught him. Yeah. When Order sixty six goes down, oh, so right. she's moments away from getting Maul back to him, uh, back to Coruscant, and then it all kicks off. And he's on the ship when all the stormtroopers kick off. Ah. So there's if you like Maul and see what happened to him you know, after obviously being uh, cut in half. There's loads of good stuff. And he's got a brother that's voiced by Clancy Brown. Sold. Uh, who's you a yellow mall. And then obviously you get all the stuff on his home planet. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good in it. So my heartbreaking standout scene does actually come from uh, the House of Fett. 
Is it the House of Fett or is it the House of Boba Fett? It's House of Fett, isn't it? Uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, it's the Book of Boba Fett. I apologise, I was wrong on all counts. Is the uh, scene where a much better CGI'd Mark Hamill in the, in the, basically helps Grogu remember. Yeah. And he remembers Order 66. It's fucking heartbreaking. And it's a weird thing that I actually wanted mm. to bring up and there is a topic at the end of this that I wanted to say. Is that the best acting by a puppet you've ever seen? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not joking. Grogu doesn't speak. Grogu meanders. He is CGI'd in parts, but mostly he's a puppet, an animatronic mm. puppet. And I'm going to say now, I think he's some of the best acting I've ever seen from fucking plastic and metal since the Terminator, mate. <laughs> so it, it's brilliant. I'm going I'm to do it. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw a little spoiler in there. You see a little bit more of Order 66 oh. in, in the in Series three. Oh, right. So um, series. So I've, I'm waiting. And, you see, and I don't have to wait long, is it? And you see the Jedi who saved Grogu. I know. Internet has ruined this for me. Because I've now started getting into it, the algorithm, so I know the actor who played it. And yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a thank you, I guess, for taking years it's, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is. And the, I love that scene as well. So when Ahsoka's there and uh, she's like, yeah, Grogu's going through his training. That scene as well is really important when Luke is like, you can have the chainmail armor and go back to the Mandalorian or you can stay here and finish your training. Just do both, dickhead. <laughs> but when everyone was in uproar, like Luke would never make that decision. Luke would never ask, you know, the internet was going crazy. Like that's not the Luke that we remember. Like he, you know, being a man, he's supposed to convert to someone who created a temple that didn't go right for the next wave of Jedis, which gave us Kylo Ren. And, but, yeah. but by the way, but... Everyone, for, not everyone forgets, but let's go back to Luke being on Dagobah with Yoda and Yoda's like, you can stay and finish your training or you can go and save your friends. He goes and he saves goes his friends and, and his becomes friends. the most important Jedi to end the Empire. It, Grogu was meant to go back to the Mandalorian. Luke knows that because Luke's own training was that. Uh, so I, I, I John, John Favreau, and it, it, you've got to say as well, it's written and produced by Dave Fellini who hmm. does all of the Clone Wars stuff. And there's a lot of interviews with the two of them where... Favreau comes up with ideas and it's almost like Dave Fellini's the sense check. He's like, no, you can't do that because you know these characters don't meet until here and this, the, that and the, the other. Best, you need a relationship of that. You need someone who has such creative ideas, but you need someone to temper them and go, that's great. However, the last 30 yeah. seconds that you spoke was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so and, remove that. And it's kind of what George Lucas should have done being should've the creator. Done. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but- well, let's imagine, I imagine on the cast of Indiana Jones, mm. on, on the set of Indiana Jones, he was coming up with some wild shit and Steven Spielberg yeah. was like, yeah, I'll give you Nazis, but Everything else, no. It was in Book of Fett, like where he gets like he gets one of the imperial, uh, one of the queen's uh, staff. Uh, what's the, what they call the, um, you know, that young Anakin uses in in the first Phantom Menace movie. So yeah, again, they're retconning, not retconning, but they're they're showing you all the things that you remember loving about you know the the first three movies. Yeah. Particularly, they were yours when you were growing up. The prequel trilogy, they were if you were young when they were on. You know, and you're like, you know, now he's driving around in a in a ship that we first saw in, um, you know, in Phantom Menace. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got Jawas stealing things. Yeah, that's I, I love the Jawas. One thing I'm gutted about with uh, the Book of Fett is watching Clone Wars as well. There's a character in, in the Clone Wars animated show called Cab Bane. He's the blue, he's basically the blue, um, wet, the cowboy that comes to town. Yeah. Looks badass. <laughs> yeah. And he is badass in the TV show. He is a bounty hunter that is always on the trail of him. So he can't be dead. Like, yeah. and I know 
the internet's gone crazy because the light on his chest is still blinking at the end of the show. So he maybe he's still alive. <laughs> it's the same, it's the, but this, you don't bring Cad Bane in and get him rid of him in the same episode. It's the it's the Kit Fisto mentality, mate. Kit Fisto faked his death so he could take on Kit Fisto's coming back. Kit Mace Windu's back. coming back. I guarantee Mace. I've Windu's heard coming that back. as well. He's got to. mate. As soon as I press play on Mandalore series one episode one, the internet algorithm was like, right, I'm going to give you fucking spoilers, mate. Mm. <laughs> it was really it was weird when you see news articles about TV series that I've never seen before. That are already something like three years out of date. Yeah. Bullshit. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm glad you joined the church of... Uh, I've joined the way, mate. The way, this is the way. And this the, is the season way. three is, is shaping up to be great. I mean, we're five episodes in now, I think. And as from the previous two series, things really start gearing up by episode seven. Um, because there have been a few episodes this season where it's like... A bit labor Oh, I'll tell you what is really good. It's not a spoiler. There's a whole episode on Coruscant where um, it shows you Empire uh, defectors. Yeah. and But they can't just join the New Republic, that, but they've got skills that can help, but they're very much still like, you, you know, you have to wear a certain... So everyone needs to know that you used to be a part of the Empire. Ah. And there's some characters that come back from season one and it shows you where they're up to in the journey. And there's one episode and it's really, really good. That it broke away from more than... There's like ten, there's like two minutes of Mandalorian shit at the beginning of the episode and then it goes to these two characters. And it show and you're like, yeah, of course, because there would have been people that didn't die on the Death Star and the Empire's reach was across the whole galaxy. So there's thousands if not millions of people that were in the empire that have, have now have to defect um and it, it it looks like they're starting to hint at and it won't show you it but particularly with Palpatine's obsession with cloning Fuck towards yeah. the end of their movies yeah one of the characters he's very much into cloning so you're like oh I think they're, lay, they're laying the breadcrumbs for, nah, for the next yeah for, for the new order kind of stuff but you didn't think you'd be talking about that, did you? I didn't, not my, in this episode. My absolute love. Of, so basically, it's because you were talking about Andor the other week, and I want to watch Andor because I like, I like to say, I've, I said at the beginning, I like when you take something that you already know and tell a different story. One of the things I was most excited about Gotham, the TV series, was seeing Gotham PD deal with the villains from a, mm. like, Batman comes in and saves the end of the day, but it's the other stuff I was interested in. Yeah. And it annoyed me that it was a prequel and Batman, I would much rather be interested in Batman's there happening and it's Gordon dealing with the shit, basically. Yeah. I would much prefer that all fucking Metropolis PD, where it's just like Superman's battled an alien. Like, well, fuck, who's going to clean up the city then? <laughs> That's I it. love that. That's yeah. the story I want to see. And the Mandalorian was that. They're not saving the universe. It's saving a child. Mm. And I love that. I love that kind of that change. It's not about the battle for the soul of humanity. It's, it's Get one kid. Yeah. Save the day. And it, and it, even though they're on season three now as well, it doesn't feel like they're just flogging like- A dead horse, yeah, yeah. Or, or jumping on the bandwagon. There's, there is more story to be had. You know, we, we've seen the sequel trilogy. So there are certain things that we haven't got answers to yet. There's loads of stuff with Luke that we can have. Mm. Um, you know, obviously we're going to have the Ahsoka series as well. I'm, I, I just don't know that it probably is released what where the Ahsoka series is in terms of is it- because there's obviously yeah. a huge gap. Where was Ahsoka during the whole of um, yeah. you know, the original trilogy? Uh, you know, because the end of the animated show, although there were Rebels, there's there's other animated shows that I haven't seen, so maybe that has been answered. So there's probably someone screaming, oh, you need to watch, I, I am going to watch Rebels next. <laughs> Andor you're going to love. I think Andor's going to be in your top Star yes. Wars anything. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's yeah. a slow burner, but stick at it and, and I think you're going to love it. Um, talking to TV shows and films and how they intertwine, and I suppose the link is Andy Circus because he is in Andor. Um, I'm going to move over to uh, Luther, A Fallen Sun, which is the Netflix release. The 
the uh, I suppose BBC the feature-length yeah. episodes, high-budget Netflix Lufa movie that fans and uh, people that love the TV show have been calling out for. Um, or at least to see more of John Luther, DCR John Luther, played by Idris Elba's character. Because the TV show, which first came onto our screens, I believe it was 2010. Yeah, I remember it. Um, Thursday night, BBC One, nine o'clock. Blew everyone away over four seasons. Uh, yeah, between 2010, 2019. Idris Elba, Dermot Crowley, who plays Martin Shank. I who, love Martin Shank. He's one of my favourite characters. He is, I think, the probably the best person who can chew the scenery but not to the perfection that it needs he nibbles it mate he sharpens oh. his teeth with it it's all he needs do you know what his introduction is he's a cop who's trying to catch Idris Elba yeah and he's honourable so he does the right thing and in the TV series he's like I could get you yeah but I choose not to and at the end of that first season he's like there's no evidence there's no witness now so you're off the hook yeah. there's no like but I will get you, John Luther. Exactly. He's like, the, no. And then in, in the next series, he's like, he's his boss because he's like, I need the answers. Mm. He's like, I'll ride you like a cock. <laughs> I will fucking have you. I'm going to be watching you. But at the same time, it's the boss you want to work for. Yeah. It's great. It's job. In the season two, you need to see, you need to know who is Luther's boss. Mm. And he does a scene where he's interrogating someone and he's so fucking brilliant. And you're like, my God, this guy might be better than Luther. Yeah. And then him to come in the film was really good because Luther, to me, stands out on his side characters. There's a, there's a character of Justin, if you haven't seen the TV series. Yeah, Warren watch Brown. Warren Brown. He's mm. phenomenal throughout the TV series. Obviously, something happens to him. And we were talking about spoilers. There are spoilers for the TV show and the film. So uh, he when his death, mate, that series fucking ruined me. Yeah. Because he was so good. Justin yeah. was my boy. Marcus Marley played Benny, who I think is brilliant. Ruth Wilson, of course, is Alice Morgan, who yeah, is a career. psychopathic killer. Career making. Yeah. She she turned gold, went on to Hollywood. And, you know, this is Idris Elba's shining light. It's his, you know, this is, Idris Elba is, is, a, is a wonderful actor. He's been in some great piece of work. He was in Cats. Never um, forget. Never forget. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, he's always been linked with Bond and his response has always been, why? I've got Luther. Like, this is my This character. is his Bond. This, this is, is you know, And trademark coat, mate. Yeah. Bond can sleep with women, but I want someone who drives a shithole car. A Volvo car. And, <laughs> and but has a coat. He's analogue in a digital world. And that's the brilliant thing about Luther is the timeline it takes over is, is that 2010 to 19, you know, particularly if you rewatch it like I have in the last uh, couple of weeks, is... You know, he is clinging on to old school copper ways. You had a snitch, you had an informant, you put a bit of pressure on someone, there was, you know, squeezing like a canary. Yeah, they will lead you to where you need to go. Good old fashioned detective work. Links in with Benny when he needs some computer shit doing. Oh, he does, mate. Or a phone triangulating. He understands it, but it's not his world. And Luther also walks that fine line, particularly after the end of the first season when something happens um, to his wife. Well, you obviously know where where that's going, but he then becomes a. Jack Bowers, mate. Well, he. But he comes, he comes, uh, Martin Riggs. He's, he's, you know, is he? He's a loose cannon. The series two starts with him with a gun to his head. You know, season one starts him trying to jump off a building as well after the. Man, yeah. I think he got problems. And what it does is it perfectly captures what real London is like, not the killers and you know, obviously, the, but shit it, it showed you that <laughs> that is London. It's hard to park. It's a shit hole. Yeah, <laughs> from you know, shit. from the kind of the the estates that he solves crime into, and and the characters, it captured that London vibe perfectly. Yeah, look, you're right. The red tie, the shirt, the look, the stance, the gait, the walk, the hands in the pocket run. Luther is the guy that breaks the rules to catch the bad guy. He's not a bent copper, but he does he does he does bent the things to get the he guy. Does the right things but the wrong way. Yeah. There you and go. that is the best kind of anti-hero. He's he's that genius level detective <laughs> that there is one there's one episode in season 2, I think. 
And it's the, the killer is a dick. <laughs> and he knows he's done it. He's already found the body, but he can't, but because he hasn't got reason to be there, the guy will walk. So he has to plant evidence. Mm. And that is a brilliant episode where he has to frame the guy for the murder he's already done. Because if he just said, oh no, I, you know, I followed an illegal trace to get here, he would get off with a crime. So he does the thing that Warren Brown's character, Justin Ripley, says, you can't do this, it's breaking the law. But he's like, but if he doesn't, he's going to do it again to another woman. And Justin, Justin's character is his canary. Like, he's the soul that Luther knows when he's gone too far mm. because he's protective of Justin. Justin's the next wave. He wants to learn from Luther, but Luther knows that he cannot teach Justin. And what happens... Uh, so they always have an overarching storyline. Mm. There's always a storyline that runs from episode one to episode six or then four, because the series after that were four, and then they really started limiting it. However, there's murders of the week, or they're usually two parts. And for me, it's the two parts. I was never a big fan mm. of the storyline, because they're always usually the same. Luther's done bad. At the end of it, Luther's the cops are going to be haunting Luther. Yeah. Let's be honest. And that doesn't change. That formula remains in this film, and that actually irritates me. However, it's to me, was the, the murders. Like, in series three, you had... Role, oh no, it might be series, series two. two you had the role playing the brothers, twins, yeah. which was amazing. But the next one, you had the sex sex deviant who's hunting nurses, and then you had the vigilante mm. who was hunting his wife's killers, some pedophiles, I think. And he's the one that ultimately the vigilante is the two ep- <clears throat> season three was the two episodes, yes. and that's the vigilante killer. You're right. Season two was the yeah the guy under the bed, guy under and the it, bed. you and also you also had the Jack the Ripper style killer. No, that was in series two. Yeah, you see, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, sorry, two. I apologize. Yeah. But he was good as well. I really like that kind of like a screen motif. <clears throat> what you've got is you've got great stories and they've always built to something. So it's mm. really cool. You had a bit of a jail out card with with the oh, Alice, the Alice character. Yeah, Alice, Alice yeah. always because perfectly counterpoint to Luther, who does the right thing but the wrong way, to Alice Morgan, completely bereft of humanity. Her only role in this is she's interested by how Luther's mind works. She doesn't give a talk. We meet her, she's killed her parents. Mm. And Luther can't prove it, but he also can't frame her because she's destroyed the evidence. So she gets away with it. And she basically spends the entire series mm. tormenting John. And there's some brilliant bits of like psychology in this yeah. where you know, like Luther will yawn and she doesn't yawn back. And he's like, she has no empathy. She's done it. Yes. That won't hold up in court. But he knows. But he knows. Now he knows. At least they're on a level playing field. You know, there are some brilliant scenes for you, you. Yeah, you've got the uh, the episode as well where, uh, you know, the the, uh, the the fake mechanic taxi drivers killing, um, you know, stealing handbags and stuff like that. Oh, that, yes. that episode yeah. is brilliant as well. The villains, the killers, the um, you know, the wrongens in in Luther are the the worst of the worst. They are the, the cannibal worst, season, you know, season four, uh, season three. That's season three, isn't it? The cannibal killer. So I, th- I always get confused. I think it might be four. No, four. Four is the doctor and his wife. That's a four-parter. So it's a four-parter and all on that bloke. That, um, yeah, so Literally. hold on. Yeah, so two is the role-play killers and... And the scream guy. Yeah. The and third one's the the, the the vigilante and the the sex pest one. Yeah. Is there a cannibal in the first series? He has Can- a, Cannibals a, in season four. That's oh, two right, episodes okay. for season four, the cannibal killer. You see, I'll be honest, I thought series four kind of start, starts going down a bad route mm. because... I that's do, the one I thought, you think Alice is gone... Yeah, so in yeah. one series she's dead, but then you're not going to kill Alice off screen. No. She's too big, so she appears in the next series for having faked her death, which we all knew. Yeah. And then, of course, the last season, yeah, the four-parter. And that mask, that look that that killer has in that, and what a dick he is in that, <laughs> that, that show <laughs> He's as a well. dick, yeah. You, you're like, oh, fuck it. And he, that final scene, a lot happens in that last one. You know, when 
he his magnus opus is to kill he, to is to create a murder house and luther and everyone's like what's a murder house and and luther's like it's where he just keeps inviting people and killing them on the you know as they enter yeah. the house and they when they pull up at the house she's the, at this point she's got a new, new uh, psychic holiday who's and, definitely by the book she wrote it yeah <laughs> and she she's like have we got the right you know are you sure and he's like look at everyone who look at all the cars on the street you got food delivery person, takeaway person. You know, he's like, yes, he's called Loki Plumber. They're all, and then when they go in the house and they've all got his mask on. Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking brilliant episode. And then th- there's loads of stuff happening. Ends with him getting arrested. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Bullshit. Every single one. The first one ends with him. The cops are chasing him. Second one ends. The cops are chasing him. The third one ends. The cops are chasing him. The fourth one, cops are chasing him. In the fifth one, he kind of because he's a shootout with Alice, I think. So, and that's yeah. how it ends. So maybe he should have been arrested. But, However, the fucking storyline on this film pissed me off immediately. What, what Do they, something different. So what they get is is they get him because another character has died, and there's a photo of Luther holding the smoking gun. Mm. So that's what originally triggers the arrest warrant for Luther. Then there are other deaths that happen towards the finale and a shootout. Luther does get arrested. The film then picks up. Yeah, you got that, with it. There's a lot more to Luther's arrest in that actually the new villain may have planted some incriminating evidence that we never really see what it is. Yeah, no, no, don't even. But um, let's pick this up. So uh, it's all created by Neil Cross. The movie's just come out. Edris Elba, Cynthia Ambrose, the new character, and Andy Serkis is the new villain, the new big bad. Returning cast includes uh, Dermot Crowley, who comes back uh, now retired. Um, oh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but Martin Schenk is back in that role. Um, I love his voice. Martin Schenk has the best voice in TV. Yeah. Lufin is now, the film starts with a flashback of a case that was happening at the same time as the case that happened in the last season. Yeah, shocking. I mean, I've saw anything about that. No. Well, cops often, uh, I I already get from your tone that you didn't like this film, so we'll we'll get to it. Um, (laughs) There was another case where a young man is taken and Lufa makes a promise to the mum that he will solve who who did the If you're watching a cop film and a cop promises... Well, he doesn't want to though, does he? She goes, promise me. He goes, okay. <laughs> and then Shanks looking at him and he kind of goes, yeah, I promise. Like, but Luther is, the one thing about Luther throughout the whole, every TV show that he's in is he, the preservation of life is the, his number one priority, oh, yes. isn't it? Well, we meet him. There are opportunities yeah. where he can leave and run away with Alice or run away and do things. He's like, I will, I'll do that. But someone's been captured and I need to save them. And that's because, you know, there are victims in the first seasons that, you know, his wife particularly, I think that kind of ingrained in that character. So he makes this promise and the kidnapper, Andy Serkis, the villain, overhears this and then is almost like attracted to Luther, sees it as a game of cat and mouse and he's like, I'm going to destroy you. Even though Luther doesn't know at this point who he's chasing. Yeah, he destroys him quite easily. Yeah, by tarnishing him, planting evidence, whatever it is that gets Luther sent to the old Bailey and then incarcerated. So, and then, and then, so automatically what we've got is you're supposed to think that this villain's done what basically five series of other cops trying to catch Luther. So this is the one with bad guy. He did it. He he mm. had to Luther it. He had to manufacture evidence because he wanted this guy, well, not Luther because we just established that Luther did it for the right reasons. The anti-Luther. <laughs> mm. So already anti-circus, mega rich, I love Andy Serkis and I was so happy that he'd been cast as a yeah. villain in this role. So he, he um, even when Luther is then incarcerated, is still teasing Luther by sending cryptic messages that lead him to a radio in his cell that has the screaming, you know, the screams of the victims playing in this radio, including yeah. the young lad that he promised he would find 
um, with the mum. So Andy Serkis, he's not done. He's still going to terrorise Luther yeah, from the prison cell. cell, which is yeah. incredibly sinister. And I will say this, Andy Serkis' character is, if not the most sinister villain Luther's come up against, and he's very much in tone with the Neil Cross writing of all the seasons. These are the nastiest of the nasty, um, you know, ultra-violent uh, criminals. Andy Serkis is probably the worst. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of killers in this show, but to fucking keep doing it. And there are some particularly horrible things that he does in this film, uh, like leading parents to find their dead children before setting the room on fire. Befriending them, befriending and then, them and pretending they're friends. When and then taunting them with a mask through the window where the dead people keep popping up. That That is fucking dark like in yeah. terms of in terms of your villains and that's not even his grand plan James uh, that's, you see this is where the disconnect happens he has a plan yeah and they're not really related so his <laughs> plans so, are not it's the, they don't work so in so tandem we, we said we are going to say what the spoilers were Andy Serkis is the villain his grand plan is he wants to create what's called a red room which is an urban legend something that's been on the internet for ages his films like Hostel have explored and deep, dark, nasty horror films. It's a live streaming of murders. Yeah, real life murders. He Where kidnaps them. You you watch. You pay extra. You to see watch. You pay. You can even vote how certain people die, and they will die on you know on it. And but he's also a manipulative master at blackmailing people. And that's what's most interesting. He set up a network to blackmail people, so anyone could be working for him. You've got time to, and what I really love is they explore that some of the secrets aren't even that bad. Mm. He's got a massive network of people who are like hacking your phones or watching or just spying on you. And they've got databases and they're writing stuff like having an affair. Yeah. And then later you know that you've got a hook on them. And I loved that. I thought, that's brilliant. Yes, yeah, so he's a cyber criminal. It's very on the nose of like where we could be going in society, given, yeah. the, given the advances of technology, that is a super villain like this. And not only that, but yeah, you're right. There's these workshops where they're, they're not just looking at people that are doing you know things on the internet that they shouldn't be doing but they're also working out the ones that are most likely to crack and mm. be manipulated to doing other bad things Andy Serkis' character is incredibly sinister you know and what makes him even more sinister is he's getting his hands dirty he's there doing a lot of the stuff he's not sat in a high tower somewhere he's taking pleasure out of it he says in a lot of the scenes like I was born this way this is who I am society cast me out but it's not my fault I was born this way and actually, I'm going to provide a service for other people that are born this way. A lot of men, apparently. Yeah, a lot of men. That do like watching people die on the internet. And that's his big thing. He wants to create this red room. What Luther then, what, as you would have seen from the trailer, but of course, Luther's going to get out of that prison. He's going to get out somehow. And then he's going to be the only guy that can track down because he's the only person who can put his mind in that of the villain. He to still save tries the to day. do the right thing first, though. He phones the police, tells them they're not interested. Luther, yeah. it's just disgrace, man. Just danger. Yeah. So. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Then we do go through the three-part act of, of, of any movie. Breakout scene, detective work, end scene. There is a... There, one of the other things that is consistent across all Luther shows, and the most obvious one is in the fourth season, uh, fifth season, sorry, with the doctor and his wife, who's the psychiatrist, is that there's a lot going on and there's two or three side stories and the bad guy's doing very bad things. And mm. you need a scene where Luther who's juggling five things. He's got a hitman after him. Someone's been kidnapped. He's got to look after the door. He's got to take some DVDs back into Blockbuster. And then, so, and there's a corridor scene where he goes, right, well, here's my motive. Uh, He's doing this because of so-and-so, so-and-so. And And you're like, fucking hell, yeah, he's cracked it. That is exactly it. Yeah, no detective work. He just he doesn't know, need it. Does he? There's a bit where he, it's almost as if like he's read ahead in the script. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's gone, it's gone, well, I know he did it. because yeah. I'd let you out. I find out. There's a, there's a scene. There's a scene <laughs> in that, that, in that scene. last season where he goes. She knows he's doing it. She's annoyed that she has to keep cleaning up after him. 
And uh, yeah, so she's going to throw him under the bus soon and expose him. And, and, and as an audience member, you're like, oh, that's, that's exactly Apparently, it. Yeah. Not, you're not, <laughs> not even slightly veered off the track. That's 100% <laughs> the case. And this is the same thing. There's a moment where he just goes, he wants to create a red room. What? How did we get there? <laughs> okay, that's fine. But that's just part it, of Luther. Yeah. That is part of Luther. You have to take that, that jump. Yeah. You, he is going to get it without showing you how he got it. Um, because there's only so much time in a TV show, even in two parts and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly. Let's talk about the pros with this one. Andy Serkis is is sinister as fuck. Andy Serkis film. is very good in this. Aesthetically, the mask that he, there's a scene where he's wearing a mask, which is the still on Netflix. That is terrifying when he's looking through the window, and it keeps flickering to the people that are hung in that room. The torment he's creating, the getting off on that level of his his thing is to see people suffering. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. He he, he likes the spectacle. And it, but it's it's the other things he does. Like he drives. So the the gentleman that's basically the kid that led to all of this. Mm. Every when she goes to see Luther, he's befriended her and he drives her. Yeah, because he gets off on it. Sick fuck. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. He he's is. horrible and and, and has, deserves his place as one of the most hated like, villains. Completely. Yeah. There are and it, there is great writing in this. Like where Neil Cross does this thing and Luther does this thing brilliantly. Where it will. Um, show you something that you're confused about and then you get it about 10 seconds before it happens mm. and then when it shows you what it is it's worse than you thought it was yeah and that scene where the mum is following a phone call from her son she thinks she's going to rescue him she turns up to a very big house with the front door is open you as a viewer are like don't, don't go, in, go there. in there there's something wrong with this place and then other people start turning up and you're like who are the, all these other people and they've all got a phone as well and they're all you know and then it, they go into a room where there are eight people hanging and you it's a horrifying scene Yeah, that I thought, fuck, we are in Luther territory. Now, I will tell you the three things that I really didn't like in this film. Okay, hit me. One, because London is the most expensive film uh, city, city to film in, and I think it always has been, yeah. and this isn't a big budget movie, it has to use special effects instead of practical effects. Yeah. You can't have people jumping off actual buildings. They have to CGI it. Yeah. Fire is the hardest thing, I think, still to CGI, and make it look realistic. So let's have a lot of fire in the film. So let's have loads of fire <laughs> in this film. There are some points where I'm like, that's so, you know, I could just about bear it. You know, the, the scene in Luther's cell that has some fire in it, that's fine. But at least two other times, fire does not apply, it doesn't follow the rules of just common sense or physics. No. There's a bit where someone is head to toe in kerosene, yeah. in petrol, it doesn't catch fire. Yeah, and I'm they? like, well, because the fire, you know. Obviously, the fire bred the plot, mate. Yeah. He couldn't do but that. But the person who is burning, it stops just below the head so that person can scream for a little bit. Yeah, because you need that. Yeah. Convenient. Because fire wants to taunt you. <laughs> the fire in this film does not look good. I'm going to give that as my number one. Number one. My number two thing is it ends in another country. Doesn't yeah. need to. Yeah. And, I, and it, maybe it does because the Red Room has to be European. It needs to it needs <sighs> it doesn't need be a shithole, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> does it Which links me to number three. This is not a James Bond film. No. Why is it trying to be a James Bond it's film? It's been a James Bond film. Because what you've got is, you've ruined down the circus ever being a Bond villain because what he's just shown us is he could have been a fucking brilliant Bond villain. Yeah. So we're not going to get that. We're not going to get Luther as a Bond, Edris uh, uh, Elba, because this is just trying to be a Bond movie. Mm. The way it plays out. The exotic location at the end, you know, where they have to go the last bit on foot because there's a snow mansion. Again, I was like, so let's say that is your villainous headquarter. It's not a volcano, you know, or it's not a private island that, you know, the villain has. It's a mansion in the arsehole of nowhere in Norway yeah. Yeah. that underneath is a red room. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why don't you just close the door upstairs and, you know, like why, why, why is it go all to the, why to go to all of this broken effort. and frozen? Yeah, yeah. And, and do you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. you're still going to want to put the kettle on at some point. Yeah. Or my favorite thing is just like, how do you get people there? Like, isn't yeah. it easy? Isn't it easy? It's most, it's most, oh, let's, let's build this over here. Well, where's the road? How, mm. you, how often is the red room going to be in use all the time? Well, fuck you build an actual road then, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, or pick somewhere else that's easier to get to. It, I don't have 12 hours every time to march across this fucking snow. It, it doesn't make sense that in the, uh, the last bit when, because I've seen the still of like uh, Luther in a coat. Yes. Which, which actually makes sense that he's wearing a coat for us. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but still the wrong kind of coat. Yeah, wrong coat. Um, yeah. And and in this like snowy <laughs> place, he was, I was wearing like, mittens, mate. Yes, awesome. yeah. I was like, where's he gone? Why is he there? And when they show you, you're like, oh, that's a bit shy, isn't it? And mm. they have to get out of the car because he can't. It's not accessible by road. But as you say, apparently everyone else got there. Yeah, everyone <laughs> like in their Land Rovers or whatever. And it is. I was the last part of the movie. I was like, fuck! I'm watching a bomb movie. There's like a lake with loads of bodies underneath it. Mm. They, they, again, if you haven't got that, Andy Circus is sinister by now. Yeah, fucking yeah. out. Look at how many dead bodies there are here. <laughs> and what I love about it is, is he hadn't had a red room by this point. Which means that, did he bring them? <laughs> did he mm. bring the dead bodies with him? Or did he, like, oh, we'll come in and have a cup of tea, then kill them, then put them in the lake. Either way, a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> That's not really needed. There are some set pieces. That, there's a good scene with a load of jumpers with cameras on them. In, I love that In scene. the middle of Piccadilly Circus. Like, there's all that stuff that is brilliant. Cynthia Envo is brilliant. That's another pro to this. Is mm. She's very good. And there's some really good dialogue with her and Idris Elba in this. Martin, uh, sorry, uh, Dermot Crowley plays Martin Shank brings it you know you're like oh I fucking love this guy uh, yeah um, but it's too James Bond for me it, for, what, where we, he plays like Q or M he's looking in, after his agent yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. And what about the end where he literally gets recruited by fucking MI6 and MI5 and that's the bit I didn't that's get bullshit. The it's it fucking, leaves it on this cliffhanger it's because he doesn't want because they can't even go back to jail because what's he going to do break out again yeah. so the governor's like come work for us then and you're just like well, they allude to someone is in that. fucking Luther yeah they allude to someone who's in the car don't they they're like the chief wants to speak to you yeah fucking I was like he's either going to be King, Alice yeah. Alice isn't dead or it's going to be uh, um, Ray Fines, and it's some it somehow exists in a Bond world. Or wanted to be the new 007. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Or or that it just is parallel to James Bond. Like yeah. he's, he's in the same universe as James Bond. I thought, fuck it, that would be cool. Fucking see Daniel Craig. In but the then background. I remember it's on Netflix and it's not on Amazon. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and maybe that is what it's suggesting is that he has been recruited, and in this in this weird timeline, yeah, he does go on to be some kind of big secret agent, double O agent kind of thing, but. Ultimately, it's nowhere near as good as the season no. TV series. It had the best villain I've seen in a long time, who I truly, genuinely couldn't stand. What's gutting is it had so much potential. I think it left a lot on the table. I think the writing. I think the writing's fine. Now, this is where you come across they don't pace the story very well. The the story is like it's balls to the wall. It's all happening or nothing's happening. Mm. But those short respites where you normally get. Let's be honest, in a Bond film, you get three action scenes, one per, you open up with an action scene, you have a middle action scene, then you end on an action scene. Here, you start off and then it's balls to the wall for like 40 minutes, just chasing. The bits that I really liked are the bits where he's a copper again. Like, they don't do a deal, but they're trying to hunt Luther, he's just escaped from jail, but they're also trying to hunt this bloke. Mm. They don't know he's Andy Serkis. And then the scene that you said, we're in the middle of Piccadilly Square or, or wherever they are, and there's jumpers around and... Uh, Gollum is filming his masterpiece. He's fucking in a huge direction. He's jizzing himself. He doesn't even know that Luther's there. He's surprised by Luther showing up. He's like, well, fuck me. And he's like, I thought you were in jail. But then like the catastrophe of everything happening, that's great. But then we have a chase. Mm. And then it's like, oh, they have to, the, oh, they have to, Idris Elba, they have to this. 
then Idris Elba just seems to be like, the police don't worry about him for a bit. They're like, oh, he's fine. There's massive holes in the logic. Like, how does yeah. he get out of the country? They steal the police chiefs. He gets out of the country in a boot of a car, James, in a ferry. Yeah, no, but, but again, that's what I mean. How easy is it? And it makes escaping jail look so easy. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, that, uh, bit, that it's bit's just, It's just so that easy to laugh, just do. It? It, it, I, was, I was bored. I'll be honest. As soon as they made, as soon as they arrested him at the beginning of the film, which I, you have to do, you've booked yourself into a corner because at the end of series five, he's in prison. He's mm. not getting out of jail. I, 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 was, I was distraught, mate. I really, yeah, I, I didn't, I was I didn't get, I, the, I didn't get the continuum between, yeah. like, I was like, surely he would have gone down for the smoking gun picture mm. and the fact that they found Alice's blood in his house in that season as well, which means that he's he's harboring a fugitive. There is a lot of evidence he can't yeah. fix, yeah, he can't get it away. And also, it was like the big downfall is that <sighs> Gollum, Andy Circus, Andy Circus' character just goes, <clears throat> I want everything on him. And that's all it took. It was like, but he's been investigated for like five seasons. He's constantly been investigated and no one just thought, I just thought it was terrible. Especially in series two, where they set up, no, series three, they set up a character whose literally job, a copper, uh, the Scottish actor whose name mm. I've forgotten, it's his job to frame him and he still isn't able to. I just thought, okay, no, great villain. Also, maybe you can help me out here. I don't really understand why he built, why he needs a red room. I don't get it. I know it's because he wants other people to be, but, 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 at no I, point is he... I think, I think the point is, he's, is that he's going to provide that service. Yeah. So he's got a whole new load of people to frame. Because Luther says, oh. Luther says to him, he says to the to the cameras in that city when he's in the red room. Oh, yeah. He says, they've, they've got he says what IP. he doesn't know, what you guys yeah. watching don't know is he's getting your IP address. Uh. And, and they all then start turning off the, mm. the, their, their subscriptions and their laptops. Because he, he's trying to create a... a Whereas he's at the moment, he's having to go find people. He's providing a service that are going to bring the people to him. Uh, and then, right. can you imagine then if you've got all these sick fuckers and you can say, oh, "I've got video of you watching," murder. I've got you, I've yes. got evidence that you subscribe and pay and have voted, and you are uh, now liable to kill this. Per- you you have essentially helped kill this person. Uh, imagine the shit you could get them people to do. I like talking to you because you always explain things to me, and like, I always get them. However, it doesn't save the film. I just thought it was, it did, I know, it was a bit of a dog's dinner. And my mm. biggest my biggest number one problem with it is. I've always loved the spot. I think I love it. I love Idris Elba as <clears throat> Luther. I've always loved the character of Luther. It, I anyone who knows me knows when that series came out, it was the number one thing in my house. I yeah. was like, oh, I ran home to watch it live. But do you know what I've always loved about it? It's the secondary characters. The secondary characters have always been phenomenal. From his wife, and we didn't even mention a Doctor Who number nine or or eight, who's a uh, plays Mister North. He's phenomenal in the two series that he sticks around with as well. He's like got the shared camaraderie with. He helps him out with a teenage girl he's trying to save from the sex ring. You know, there's brilliant characters. There's always good characters. Oh, Paul McGann. Paul McGann. In series three, mm. there's the the woman that he loves. But also at the same time, there's Alice as well. So he quite likes this woman, but Alice is back in his life. And he's got to pick between the two. That's really cool. Series four, there's a young... Oh, she was an actress in Game of Thrones. Um, You know, he has to take her under the wing after what happened to oh, Justin. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got you've, So you've got that... For, in this... I know that that lady whose name you said if I've forgotten who yeah, Sophia uh, Arrivo. Sophia Arrivo. She, she was very good in it, but at the same time, she's not. Mm. She's not really there that much to be a secondary character. I was disappointed. I really didn't like it. I thought I think it peaks around series three for me, Luther, 
and since then has been on steady decline. She, she's I, got, I mean, she was in Bad Times at the El Royale, which you know, she's, she, like, she's yeah. brilliant in, in everything. She's, she's Harriet, she's great in Widows. Um, yeah, to me, to me I, I didn't enjoy it at all. I, the highest highs were not worth sitting through the lowest lows. If you if, if you want to watch something like this, watch the TV series. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just think, I, I, for me, I'm, I, I'm so in the middle with this film. Mm. Like I would have recommended it if someone said, do you want to watch Luther? I'd say watch the season and yeah. then go into the film with trepidation cautiously. I, I do think the film was really like, there's a lot of strengths and a lot of own goals. Mm. And the to, to me, shit. the ending the is, is the worst so bit. Bad, yeah. Yeah. But films often are. The third act is always, yeah, that's true. The first act is always How the most the exciting. Ending? Does he go back to jail? Does he get away with it? That, well, that's yeah, that's it. And, and they had to give an answer. Yeah. He goes and, to work for the fucking government. <laughs> but that's it. They want to leave it open so that if this film does successfully and it's on Netflix, we won't know. But that now if Netflix could do another film or yeah. they could bring it back in another TV series or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I think it pissed about with the continuity a little bit. And it, that was a bit patchy. And there was other things like, you know, like we're... <laughs> Where his Volvo has just been stored all this Doesn't time, make and he's sense. like, "I was just driving around in the vehicle in Don't the most know? in the in the in the city with the most cameras in yeah. the world. Oh, I'm going to drive around in the vehicle that I used to own. <laughs> like, I wonder yeah. what you know." But I did like. There's little nods as well, though. There's there's a there's a, a, a swap member uh, Jamal, a character in it. Who, That's cool. You knew and, him, yeah. yeah. And he says, "Oh, I worked with you before on a case." And he references an episode in the second season, yeah. You know, where obviously you didn't see his face and actually was one of the SWAT members, but the, and he goes, Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a good case that. And then there's a bit of banter. And mm. Luther knows his chances of surviving are very slim, and he's, he's kind of trying there. to comfort him and kind of humanizes Luther again. And good guy, I mean, Luther. Ultimately, Luther is one of the best characters ever created, yeah. Um, you know, and, and certainly for BBC and British uh writing and, and acting and depicting London, and, and it's gritty, it's horrible, like yes. it is. Has some of the worst. Never villains. goes so, to the Shah, does he? Always goes to the shit off. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, I'm going to say my opinion on the Luther movie is it was, it was right in the middle of. Mm. It would have took one more thing for me to have thought this was dog shit. It did need a lot to make me think it was brilliant, but I'm just firmly there and going, hey, it was what it was. Yeah. You know, circus was certainly circus, the standout. Circus might have been worth the admission price alone. I thought I was going to talk about Luther for 10 minutes uh, and it's, we're now like 40 minutes in coming up to 50 minutes actually. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through some scenarios I've created um, and I'm going to quiz you on this. Okay. So as I said, we've we've often talked about the imaginary sorry in my seat time machine Obviously. and the idea that we could go back in time at any point and, what and would stop change? Matthew what would, Broderick. Yeah. What, yeah, what would yeah. you do? Well, which what film would, would I stop first? <laughs> and what would the ripple effect be in terms of the butterfly effect of Ooh. pissing about with the time continuum? Now, what I want to look at this week is playing, because we watched Luther, I was thinking about Iconic. You know, mm. he, he, that is an iconic role for him. If he played James Bond, I think I'd always want him as Luther. Yes. The red tie, the coat, all that kind of stuff. They make yeah. the coat a secondary character. Like when he puts it on, it's like fucking hell, it's like Superman putting his Mate, cape on. Mate, the end of series three, he throws, he throws the coat away, in the yeah. river. I'm just like, how does he but get that season, coat back? But in season four, he sees ass, he's got 10 of them and he's only got the one shirt five times and he's got 20 red ties and it's brilliant. Um, so I thought, well, I want to look at iconicness. So there's two questions to each of these. And there's about 10 to go through. One is, ultimately, what is the most iconic? What is the one thing you shouldn't piss about with because it's the most iconic? So I'm going to give you a scenario. Yes. I've named each one. And yeah. I've given you three options. Okay. I want you to tell me the one you would not fuck about with. I wouldn't with change. Because the world because needs it. Because of the effects, it. yes. I got you. It's too iconic to piss about with. I got you. So the first one is on clothing. Okay. It starts small. It's nice and simple. Yeah. Going to bring in some of the uh, the Hollywood slasher big hitters, the Ooh. horror icons. 
You're forking about in your time machine, James. Yeah. You're on film lots. You're in studios. You're in the ear of, of all these directors. Mm. Freddy Krueger loses the red and green jumper. Oh. Michael loses the boiler suit, Michael Myers. Yeah. Or Jason loses the hockey mask. What would be the biggest insult to cinema, which has to stay, what's the most iconic and would have the biggest, most detrimental effect if you took it away? Right, so the one I wouldn't take away, the one I wouldn't take away, and asterisks, I wouldn't take it away, but you could argue that in the first two films, first three films, he doesn't even use a hockey mask. I'm not taking, I'm not touching Jason's horror Icon, I'm not taking his mask. The reason why that is because when, if I were to remove Freddy Krueger's glove, uh, mm. no, his jumper, it doesn't matter because he's not in the imagination. Still gets that air. We're looking at scarred face. Keeping the hat, mate. I, I nearly put the hat. If you put the hat, maybe we'd have a different story. I nearly put the hat, but I've, I've got a hat coming up in a minute. <laughs> but I, st- I still think he survives. When we look at Mike Myers, it's the mask. I, you, the boiler suit's fine, but you know, the mask, the mask needs to stay. But Jason, that's all Jason's got for him. Because he doesn't have, you know, everyone says he's got the, what is his killer? A massive machete. Mm. He's boring. He needs the mask. The mask is the only thing that makes him stand out. Jason might be the most prolific killer, but let's be honest, he's a bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not he, touching the mask. Because he needs it. He needs his franchise, mate. He needs the hockey mask. I think you're right. I think the mask is, because most people, Freddy, Freddy's jumping, most people think it's black and red anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. yeah. I so, did. I was one of those people. So, But let, let's let's say the ultimatum is, now you've got a film where Michael Myers is going around in a tuxedo. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's more scary. You're like, oh, nice shoes. Yeah. Because for some reason you're only looking at you're not looking at his face. And you go, oh my god, my mask. He's tricked me. I, I'd agree with you on that one. I think you can't lose Jason's mask because he's only got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know. He's got his like super size and slow stoicness. Uh, and... Yeah, but you could argue so it's like mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This next one's called relocation, relocation, relocation. Oh, I like this. You're like we so Brits all over this. We are. Uh, you're. You're on the film studio lot. You're in the writer's room mm. in the year. Yeah. You're going to take away the location of a film. Oh. These are these are what I think are films that have a location that is synonymous with the film. Yeah, they had yeah. to have been there. They had to have been there. Otherwise, it didn't happen. Yeah. But you, me and James, have walked in there. You've spilt your tea on the script. <gasps> which, oh, no. Oh, no. We'll just, which one's going to have the worst effect? Okay. Taken no longer in France slash Paris. Oh, you do kind of need it because he needs to be out of his comfort element. So he needs to go somewhere where he's not been. Fargo, no longer in Minnesota. No, that's got to happen because the whole film is is predicted on on how, uh, the, uh, yeah, that you need that. Paddington's not in London. Fuck you, you prick. <laughs> imagine imagine he, he, he docked up in Liverpool. <laughs> I think I'd burn my TV. <laughs> What am I? What, so what's this one? Which if I which one causes the biggest problem? Yeah, if you if you were to fuck about and mess about, and it no longer history has been rewritten, what would be what would lose its iconic status? I think it's Fargo. You you need to keep Fargo in Minnesota. You need to keep Fargo in Minnesota because right. Let's be honest. You you can lose your misses anywhere. You could lose her in Liverpool. It probably happens. It probably <laughs> happens every day. And you go and kick the shit out of people. Yeah, that's Liverpool. Yeah. That's fine. Paddington might still have the same whimsy. If he was in... Grimsby? Kuwait. It's got a dock. <laughs> I mean, that one's difficult. It's, but I say Fargo purely because of the presence. The location is as much of a character as I was. Mm. I go Fargo, although fucking Paddington is a hard one. Because also, also he shows up in the film. He's called Paddington after Paddington. So if he showed up in Lincoln, he'd just be called... Piss Alley. Bo- I was going to say Boss was here. <laughs> Piss Alley. I fucking watched this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grimbo. I'd, fuck it, I'd, I'd watch that. 
yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with me guns to go Fargo, despite the fact it's quite clearly busted. <laughs> <laughs> this next one's called Too Cool for School. Yeah, You're in the was. writer's room of Indiana Jones. Ooh. Once again, you've made a mistake, James. Oh, and no. now the writers who are just designing the iconic <gasps> character Don't of Indiana Jones. Have we lost the whip? No, he needs the whip because the f- because he can't be considered a good teacher unless he can whip his students <laughs> well, from the other side of the room. <laughs> so this is it. Does he lose the whip, the fedora, <gasps> or the fact that he is a professor and a teacher? Right, so he needs the whip because... Because he needs to stand out from a crowd. But if you lose the professor thing, he's just a thief. <laughs> he's he's got no reason to be stealing shit. And the reason you can't get rid of the hat is because he's literally the only person in history who's made wearing a fedora. Cool. <laughs> if he got rid of the fedora, the hat industry would die, <laughs> and no one would ever wear hats. You get rid of the fact he's pressed because he makes quite a good living from stealing shit. It's hard sell though, isn't it? Like James, you got to, uh, sorry Indiana, you got to go to uh, you got to go to this temple. Why steal Why? shit? <laughs> I mean, you, you Laura Croft by this point, then, aren't you? Uh, maybe the whip. No, fuck it, the professor thing. This one, this next section is called "They Walked So Others Could Run." Ooh, you're in the casting room. Mm. I get in a lot of places, aren't I? There's no one noticed. I've <laughs> fucked up the 80s by this point. Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah. Maguire as Spider-Man. Or Chiglas as The Thing. <laughs> Which one, if you were prevented it and you stopped it from happening accidentally, yeah. would you be depriving the world of an iconic performance? <sighs> or character? To be fair, anyone could fuck up The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the saddest thing is? Michael Chiklis campaigned for that role. He's <laughs> the only one in that role that wanted to be there. He's the only one. I want him to bring it back. I mean, Chiklis <laughs> could still do it. Probably. He's not busy. <laughs> no one else wants to be the thing. <sighs> oh, do, do you know what? Yeah. I don't like Tobey Maguire, but he was an amazing Spider-Man. It's that one. It's, yeah. it's that one. It, it is that one. Because whilst I couldn't see, as we discussed last week, I couldn't see Hugh Jackman being Wolverine, despite the fact he was cast as him. I still mm. couldn't see it. You would be you'd make the bigger ripple effect if it wasn't Toby Maguire. That is Toby Maguire's film. I can't imagine anyone else in that. Fuck it, Chickless. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sorry. I always forget Kerry Washington's in that film. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> um, the next one's called Bob Rossin. You've took your uh, you took your, your crayons with you, mm. and whilst you stop by the art department, yeah, you don't like the color grey or cream. Right. So you start pissing about with what do you change the colour of? The Starship Enterprise? No. The Millennium Falcon or the DeLorean? I suppose the, <sighs> this is twofold. Which one can you not touch because the world needs it as it is? And which one could you probably get away with changing? I think you could definitely touch. No, you couldn't touch the Enterprise. You like you couldn't do that. I think you'd be stabbed in your sleep. It has it's, to be that grey colour. It has color. to be that grey colour. The only reason as if Millennium Falcon gets away with it is because that that's it's not even symmetrical so if you change the colours of it it would still probably look mm. cool because it, it it taps into more of imagination because it is I've always been fascinated by the fact that Millennium Falcon's so cool despite the fact it's not cool yeah. it looks like a shithole it's the worst colour when you're in a when you're in the, the black sky canvas yeah. it sticks out a little bit yeah if it was black it probably would be a lot harder to see TIE Fighters are a lot yeah. harder and the Destroyers are white so it's not like black's the enemy's colour oh, that's true I, I reckon I could piss about with the DeLorean quite a lot though and no one would even fucking know it I'd draw Google it on it 
yeah. go, go faster stripes. Just mad. I do whatever the fuck I want because if you spend some majority of the film not on display, mm. they're always hiding. I could do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. Right, pink. Take his doors off, mate. Give it normal doors. That's that's the biggest fuck up. You give yeah, it know, normal yeah. doors. Just t- change it all together. It's an ice cream van now. <laughs> it's fucking Volvo. <laughs> Greg Scott money. <laughs> I can't open the door. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I change that. I'll change the DeLorean. Yeah, change like, the DeLorean. why is that not bright red? Also, who gives a shit about DeLorean? It's one of those things that we're all supposed to love and think is cool, but it's not. It's a shit it's not, car. Yeah, yeah. People even <laughs> own the car. Like, it's a fucking piece of shit. Um, recasting. It's going to happen. You know, we, we, uh, I'm in Hollywood, mate. I'm going to recast it. Terminator, no longer on. If you say fucking OJ Simpson, mate. Well, this is it. So you need to remember who the other candidates were. So yeah, OJ was next in line for the Terminator. Rambo, but it's not Stallone. Yeah. I think, I could be wrong, but I think Redford was lined up. Oh, I can't, I can't, we quite like that. This is the weird one. Oh, okay. Diod, but it's not Willis. They did want, uh, what's his name? Oh, Sinatra. Okay. I did hear that, yeah. Because obviously in the book, he is, he's, an artist, he's, he's yeah. in his 70s, 80s, uh, John McClane is. I'm so sorry. This is going to cause the biggest effect. The biggest effect is fucking removing Schwarzenegger and replacing with OJ Simpson. <laughs> that's fucking, that's it. Let's be honest, it's, it, that's definitely but it. As so, soon as you remember that, it's fucking OJ Simpson. You're like, that. But figure the plus side, we <laughs> wouldn't get Dark Fate or Genesis. Because <laughs> OJ would have gone down after Thank that. Thank you, OJ. <laughs> would have missed out on the best sequel ever, though. Yeah, would have done, yeah. Yeah, destroy cinema. You have that, and then no one ever touches the Terminator franchise ever again. Because yeah, that doesn't give Arnold Schwarzenegger a career. Doesn't get into politics. Somehow doesn't stop the rise of Donald Trump. We all live in a utopia. That's the one I change. <laughs> based on that, I I do think, and this is controversial. I do think Rambo could have been recast. I don't. Stallone's great. I love Stallone. I love Stallone. I, I say I, he's one of the most enjoyed people in Hollywood, and he does it very well. Hmm. But the character of Rambo. The you know the 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 PTSD war torn comes back to a country that doesn't want do, him. doesn't they not acknowledge him. the sacrifice yeah. that he made and doesn't want him. You know, Rambo's got Rambo's got fucking layers because the chief, layers. the chief of police was from the Second World War. That's mm. the gun he's got. So it's the idea that they're both being misplaced by war, but yeah. one of them survived and the other one can't let it go. And it's got themes, you know, PTSD, but it's also got themes of, you know, um, the unknown, the drifter, you know, the what are you doing here, the paranoia. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a really interesting layered film. I don't know if he needs to be the muscle-bound Stallone no, playing I, it. I think he does it play it well, but... I think it works better if he's not. He's not most underrated. Mm. I still think that the ending of fucking... Rambo should be they can't find him he doesn't attack the city they can't find him so they fucking just napalm the fucking forest <laughs> I still think that would have been a much better ending they just napalm the fuck out of that state but they um they yeah I mean Christ you talk about films that go off you know Dark Fate and all the terminals <laughs> that last Rambo movie what the fuck yeah it, it, again it's it's like, like, oh, he, he builds a red room yeah <laughs> it, it fucking just <laughs> millions of yeah. cartel people who just let people die he, they don't even know it he goes to Mexico where everyone is a villain <laughs> Yeah. Everyone's a gang member, apparently. And I, I'm an apologist for the fourth one. I thought the fourth one was all right. And I, but it's got a perfect ending. It had bloodlust. Yeah, it did. And no, sorry, what I mean by that is Rambo, the last Rambo film, has the story that he should be trying to help a vet who is a, because that's what happened yeah. to him. Mm. There was a guy, uh, Captain tried to save him. The storyline is there's someone who's going mental because of the Iraq war. Yeah, yeah. And he's the person trying to save him. But no, they just went, oh, let's just have bullets and shit. You've ruined it. Yeah, yeah. I've built let's trenches. The second one ruined it. But well, by the time that last one happened, that fifth one, yeah. I'm, I'm done with Rambo. I'm, you know? Obviously, the first one's really good. 
yeah. fucking off a cliff after that. You could have, you could have, actually going back to Tom Maguire, he did a movie called Brothers yeah. with Jake Gyllenhaal and Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Like, so he is a, a prisoner of war in the Iraq I think you've war. you've spoken about this before. Yeah. yeah. And he's assumed dead. There's no contact with him. There's no proof of life. And Jake Gyllenhaal's his brother who then kind of fills that um, kind of fatherly role for his children and naturally feelings develop with Natalie Portman's character. And then he reappears. And then he reappears. And Tom Maguire is, is fucking brilliant. There's mm-hmm. a scene where like it all comes down at the end and he's like just losing it. And it's not rage. It is, it is a real horrible depiction of like PTSD because he's like, he's, he, he's, you know, he loves her. So he's not attacking her. He's attacking the house and himself and he's battling this I just want to smash the room up mm. but he's mm. also just destroyed because what his hands have done the damage his hands have done you know he says do you know what these hands are fucking you know like the pull trigger and all that kind of stuff and so he doesn't know what to do and he's like hitting himself but he's also like destroying this kitchen and Natalie Portman and Jake Gyllenhaal just stood there and it's it's so good it's such a good scene do you know how that film should have ended should have napalmed his ass. <laughs> There's no film that can't be made better by napalm. Oh, dude, Brothers is a really good film. I'd watch Brothers. I've watched the shit out of it. Um, soundtracks. You slip by sound editing room. <laughs> yeah, okay. James, you trying I, to find I, the toilet? I thought you were going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, um, showing up in, I'm showing up in a room I definitely don't know what I'm doing in. Yeah, yeah. Accidentally pressed delete. Oh, cool. What would have the worst effect what if you deleted... The Lost Boys soundtrack. Fuck off. That's this golden god key. I will not. I refuse to live in a world where I shall not fall. <laughs> Little Sister is not in existence. The Top Gun soundtrack. Fuck it, do it. Danger oh, mate, Zone. Kenny Loggins. Oh, wait a minute. Kenny Loggins is the only thing. The biggest knock-on effect is we probably wouldn't do this podcast because you hate that fucking Berlin, song. take my breath away. You hate Can't that song so it. much. I believe that's the reason you got into podcasts is so you could sign that <laughs> song off. <laughs> or the Rocky Four soundtrack. Oh, you bitch. It's Rocky Four. Big. It's Rocky Four. More Kenny Loggins going. Yeah, Rocky Four. If we delete that, <coughs> we don't remember that there's a second song from Survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't get Robert, Robert Trepper, which is a song that when I sing to Esther, I have to shake it. <laughs> I just, I have to shake. Um, no Easy Way Out by Robert Trepper is one of my favourite songs. The synthesizer, mate. Does that include the Rocky theme as well? Would it yeah. be retroactively uh, no, deleted? No, no. You've still got the first film. <sighs> Yeah, fuck it, that one. Yeah. He's, he's passionate. My, I couldn't live in a world. That would have the biggest knock-on effect. And I refuse to live in a world without the amazing soundtrack from The Lost Boys. I've got four more. One of them I think is quite difficult. If I deleted the soundtrack, I would then try and have to reenact it. You just hum it. <laughs> so just, <laughs> fighting people. <laughs> 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 that actually sounds awesome. Imagine watching Rocky Floor and you just hear me going, boom, 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 do a fight. <laughs> Train. Top Gun would have been better. <laughs> planes. Making <laughs> love. You love planes. Volleyball is awesome. Danger zone. <laughs> the next one is called Taking Shortcuts. Yes. You've had enough, James. You walk back in that writer's room. Yeah. You, you waft your finger in the face of them all and say, Oi, the film would have been a lot shorter if. Oh, I'm ready. Lord of the Rings. They hitch a ride on the Eagles. They go straight to Mordor. Save us all 12 hours. Save us an awesome film. Everyone forgets that. When people moan, they don't go, yeah, but then you've just watched someone <laughs> drop off a letter, essentially. <laughs> That's all you've done. 
Kevin's mum, the moment she gets to Paris, just rings the local police in Chicago and get them to pick up the son. Mm. Or Passion of the Christ. Jesus uses his superpowers to sniff out Judas as a snitch and gets rid of him with lightning. <laughs> is, is that the original story? That, I think so that could have been the original Bible because then that would stop religion. <laughs> that's a, there's a lot of power in this question. I'm going with that one. <laughs> Surely it's that one because then... <clears throat> then then Mel Gibson doesn't get into his mumbo jumbo. Probably less racist. Probably yeah. still has a career. Probably mm. is the number one actor well, in the world. Well, this is the old mayhem in this. I thought if you've got a time machine and you're going to change anything of Mel Gibson's past, yeah, let's go with the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> um, no, it'll be the Beaver. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. No, Lord of the Rings. But then you deprive everyone of quite possibly maybe the best trilogy in the world. That's the best music. That's probably Peter Jackson's career. Christmases won't be the same about Christmases Home Alone. Christmases won't be the same. I think Lord of the Rings would have a bigger effect. Because Home Alone, because you'd still have, you'd only have one film less. Because let's be honest, Macaulay Corkin was done after the second one. Yeah, I don't know where Richie Rich came. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, so I'm going with that one. I'm going Lord of the Rings. If you did that, that would have the biggest knock-on effect because you'd sit there and you'd go, Jesus. Bear in mind we're on about Jesus getting rid of Judas so we would have got a completely different... I mean, that would have destroyed religions and caused uproar. But you're right. I think if we change Lord of the Rings, <laughs> yeah. a, load, a load of nerds like imagine, me might get upset. Can you imagine if you sat in the cinema and that happened you'd be like, what? I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can, you imagine, can you imagine that? If, if Jesus just walked in looked if at Judas was, like you. If there wasn't religion, do you reckon we'd all just worship different variations of cheese? <laughs> I'll just pick one of the other 199. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. It'd be metal as fuck if every day you had to wake up and worship Odin. <laughs> just that would be fucking metal. would be actually, yeah. Yeah, all, fucking all religion. I've changed gods. my mind. Yeah. All the old gods. We all fucking sat around, mate, and worship the sun. Zeus. <laughs> fucking epic. I'm in the mood for good food. James, which mm -hmm. one of these can you not get rid of? The food that is iconic with the scene. Okay, can't get rid of the food. Don't get rid of the burger in Pulp Fiction, the Big Kahuna burger. Oh, it's a, good, a tasty burger. It's a good, but I've always wanted to taste that burger. I have. You have tasted it? Or you no, I want to, to yeah. yeah. The nachos in Death Proof. Oh, you need the nachos. Kurt Russell eating nachos for the first 10 minutes of that movie. Yeah, I he's... swear to God, even think about it now, I fucking want nachos. Hmm. He makes that bowl of nachos look like the tastiest thing in the world. <sighs> or number three. Pizza out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, mate. Because that's some gooey cheese. No, the Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles are only comedy in the TV series. In the comic books, they're dark as fuck. Yeah, I, I watch online a lot of collectors who collect the The books. Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. Oh, I've blessed your guitar. I do apologize. Right, um, it's, they're metal as fuck. Mm. They're, they're apparently talking in their storyline about doing the Ronin storyline. The Ronin storyline is... <clears throat> three of the turtles are dead it's post-apocalyptic world and there's one turtle and you don't know who is until the final series is, uh, final comic book panel is walking around avenging their death by killing everyone it's fucking it's, mel as fuck it's Michelangelo isn't it no, no it's not Raphael no I think it's Donatello it's, no, it's, it's not Donatello no it's, it is Michelangelo because you're supposed to think it's Raphael or, it's Raphael Ned. was always in the film he was always the one that yeah. looked like he could stray and was a bit too violent Fucking, it's never Donatello. It's not Donatello. It's, <laughs> it's got never stick. Donatello. It's got stick um, versus daggers. Although apparently he's he's got the Ronin has got all of the weapons. Anyway, mm. um, that is one tasty burger. Let me try this out. That is one tasty sushi. No, yeah. it's burger. It's burger. What a burrito. <laughs> that is one tasty popcorn chicken. <laughs> that is one tasty chicken salad. It's burger. It's the only one that fits. 
Yeah, he could be eating instead of nachos. He could be eating his own toenails, and you'd still be captivated because he's going to fucking town. That is one tasty bulgur wheat salad with feta and a balsamic dressing. Yeah, it don't have the same ring, really, does it? Fucking watch the shit out of that. <laughs> then instead of a drink, he drinks from his kale tea. Ooh, I think yeah. I mean, my head's in Samuel Jackson delivering the line about the burger. Is that's where? But it the is. one that makes me salivate is the nachos. You want the nachos because you can eat nachos all time of day. I'll eat them for breakfast. I'll eat them now, James. It's We're recording this. It's 11 o'clock at night. I'll eat, I'll eat nachos now. Uh, deleted. No, you can't because I, mate, have changed it. Bastard. <laughs> but now you don't remember how hungry it makes you. So bad we need it to study, preserve it, and prevent it from happening again. Godzilla. So, the, <laughs> so the three options, you have to pick the worst because society we needs it. We need to learn it. from it. Yeah. yeah. But I can delete the other two. Yes. Oh, that's fun. Jonah Hex, Green Lantern, or Batman and Robin. Oh, you whore. It's Batman and Robin. Well, not... you, you've got to get rid of it. You, no, you've got to keep that one. Right, so Green Lantern. It was a bad film, but do you know what has some redeemable qualities? They're very small and you have I'll to wait. find them. <laughs> I'll wait. It was the pink one. <laughs> there was a pink one? Sinestro. He wasn't pink, was he? Yeah, oh, he was. He was, was quite pink. red. Who was yeah. the actor that played Mark, Mark Strong? He had hair. Mark Strong. Yeah, Mark Strong had hair. We need that. Yeah. No, we? no, we don't <laughs> need that. It's the got a mustache as well. He does What's his I, name? Sini- I reckon you hear it. Sinistro. Mate, I'd like to point out that we all take the... Ryan Reynolds takes the piss out of that, but let's never forget, he played Deadpool without a mouth <laughs> in, in a much mm. worse film. X-Men Origins is much worse than Green Lantern. Wilder. Never forget. <laughs> so fuck, I, I reckon you can get rid of that shit. Um, what was the other one? Van Hecht. I like Jonah Hex. I like the beginning. Mm. Don't get me wrong, it's all downhill from there. But you hear it, the worst of the worst is Batman. Will you take quite possibly the greatest comic book hero of all time and give him bat nipples and a, n- never forget bat the credit bat card. card? Yeah, I just remembered <clears> now. Yeah, never leave home without it. Yeah, the oh. fact that he walks in there and spends like a million pound buying a woman and no one goes, oh, is he the hero? <laughs> Dickhead. I, I was, what about if I'd not put Batman and Robin because originally I was going to put uh, Green Hornet. I hate Green Hornet. I didn't like that film. I would then probably change it to probably Green Lantern because I lied. It is pretty shit. <laughs> Jonah Hex is pretty bad as well. I don't... I, do I only, that's the sort of film that I only watched once, knew it was bad, didn't need to go back to it. Green Lantern's so bad that I feel like I need to study it. <laughs> like, like, Never forget. I need to know why it's bad. Never forget. Yeah, I think we should all have a day off in mourning. We <laughs> For the time that we it. lost. <laughs> um, the last one, which I think is maybe the hardest one. Here we go. I'll knock it out immediately. Role play reversal. I don't like this. So in that writer's room, yeah. you accidentally suggest mm. one of these is a villain, not the good person. Okay. Robocop, Dread, or Lara Croft? Lara Croft's a thief now. Isn't but isn't that exciting? That actually, the film is centred around trying to stop Lara Croft from raiding the, tombs. Well, what I like about Robocop is that would mean that the hero is a villain. <laughs> Who blows? <laughs> you're supposed to think you're like. Well, it's, he, not, it's an origin for a villain, isn't so, it? So what? No, no. Just, you're just gonna right. So you go. Who's the hero? And you go. Well, if you flip on its head, it means that the hero is the guy who shot the cop so much that they turned him into a robot. Future. He knew. This is how you sell it. You go, Clarence, which is his name, because I'll never forget. Mm. Clarence knew that the police force in Detroit or Delta City was rotting and it needed upgrading. So he's like, I'll show my point. You will be my case study. I will blow your limbs off and shoot you to death and you will become a cop. Yeah. Then he's obviously angry, but he doesn't realise that Clarence, which is his name, never forget that a villain is called Clarence. Did it for his own good. And in the final fight, scene, yeah. should have been, I did it for you. You'll thank me one day. <laughs> You've still got your chin shut up. 
Oh, I, but then you imagine that Robocop's your villain. Like the film is, like you say, he's disgruntled employee because he was sent out to chase a bad villain gang without the training or the support, the backup. The backup didn't come. He's then turned into a super cop, but on his first day, he's like, "Screw these three rules! Yeah. I'm now the villain." Can you imagine a film where it's about stopping Robocop? That would be awesome. But he's also got his jetpack. I'm having that. <laughs> but he also then has to stop a fight. And go. Does anyone have any baby food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But let's look, look at the other one, Dread. Can you imagine a film where Dread is your villain? No, because I can see that. Because, because, because. Let's be honest. The first Dread with Sylvester Stallone kind of does that. He he loves the law so much. He's kind of an Fucking asshole. Love that law. Yeah, but it's a film where where I'm on the side of the worst actor in the world for the first part. I was like he's hiding in a bin because he doesn't want to get caught with the guys that are trying to kill him. Oh, Dread Rob, puts Rob him. Rob Schneider. George Dread puts him in fucking jail. Like asshole. <laughs> I'm on his side. He loves the law. He loves the law so much. in the Dread movie as well. We get to see free villainous mm. cops in that. Dreads. What, yeah. What I, love about, what I love about the first one. Actually, do you know what I love about Dread is I imagine that reading the law gives them a massive erection. Oh, he goes home every night. Just, <laughs> just yeah. like, oh, fraud. <laughs> <laughs> fucking loves Rob, mate. Uh, I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with Robocop because I want my hero to be a guy that shoots a guy's limbs off for the greater good because I watched the shit out of that film. I, I want to see Robocop as a villain. Yeah. In a weird way. I, I want to see... Oh, the story stays exactly the same. Yeah. And the film still follows... Actually, no, there's two really there's two really dark scenes there. It's like, one, it still follows him, but he's the villain. And yeah. there's a scene where he's in the warehouse and he's like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to spray my suit like black and red and, mm. you know, you know, really Sprays it black. But the blood is the paint. Is the... Is the, oh, the fuck yeah, fuck that stained with blood. Yeah. She's so villainous. He's rotting, mate. Because oh. he's not having his baby food. Or the other one where you don't see him, but like they're like he's here. You hear him. You only see you only see like the muzzle of his gun. You hear the sound struggling up them stairs. Yeah, that means also that the hero is the the very rich white man. You know, oh, the, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's about time that the businessman was the hero. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Ronnie Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox. <laughs> it's fight about time. This and fucking uh, yeah yeah Beverly Hills <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Finally, yeah. But that would be badass, wouldn't it? If it's like, you know, like the film was set in real time, you're trapped in a building where Robocop's taking names. That would be, actually, do you want me? You've said that, but I would watch that. He's going mm. around a merciless killing machine, killing people, and you have to hide from it because you know you mm. can't take in the bow. It's a horror film. film. And you see it, you hear it, but you never see Robocop. Mm. But then you hear like a, a clanging and then a bar, a jar of baby food like <laughs> drops to the floor and you see it and you're like, oh, he's here. He's like, <laughs> Change, dead change or alive. I was going to say, dead me. or dead, you're dead. And then you win it by like giving them a computer virus. <laughs> just be like, here, open this link. <laughs> or just trip him up. Because I can't, I can't yeah, see him being up. that limber together. Or just shoot him in the chin. He's got a massive fucking chin. Shoot him in the same chin. Same scenario. You know, Dred's, Dred's had enough. He's snapped. He's gone loose. He's covered his chin. <laughs> He's covered his chin. This is it. Which chin do you want coming after you? <laughs> and we completely took the Laura Croft thing off. The yeah, table. yeah, fuck that. Yeah, because she is the villain. <laughs> she, she sti- She's Indiana Jones. She's fucking But she's still, not doing it for a she, university. She's mega rich anyway. She's not doing it for it. She's just like, fuck it. I'll have the, I'll have the apple of life. Why not? <laughs> because I want it. I'm Lara Croft. Get to fuck. Um, yeah, I think I think I want to see just, uh, I want to see uh, Robocop as a villain in yeah, a movie. That would be badass. But the the crossover that we definitely want is Dread versus Robocop. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, that would be that'd be juicy, wouldn't it? Metal, mate. Do you want to do AI? Or do you want to save that for next week? Oh, it's I've got three films and reviews. Uh, what time are we on? Uh, we've done an hour twenty. I think we're probably 
save it then. For you want to save week. it? I mean, that gives us ammo for the next one. Yeah. And uh, so, just so you know, I chat GBT. We're, the, the internet's on rage with it now. We're getting it to do everything for us. I've asked it to write us a "Sorry, you're in my seat" film series. It's good stuff, and it goes places, mate, that you do not expect. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. We'll do that then for the next one. Okay. Maybe we can make AI like the centre of the next episode. So uh, film, you know, Skynet, obviously, becoming self-aware. It's wicked. Yeah, we'll do we'll that. We'll do AI as the next theme. Maybe, should we do the film AI? No. No. You know. No one wants it. Although there is an interesting story that we could get into. That's actually a Steven Spielberg film written and directed before the, the famous director that he looked up to died. It was his name I've completely forgotten, and he's going to irritate me. We'll remember it by next week. It wasn't Hitchcock. It was, he's in the same vein as Hitchcock. Who were some of the best ones? Doesn't matter. I'm going to let it eat at you. Who did... Who did... Oh, I forgot the name of that film. Um, Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Is alone in the... Uh, the Shining. Who directed that? Kubrick. It's a Kubrick film. Oh. I'm sure it was originally meant to be yeah, a Kubrick you, film. you are yeah. right. You are right. Because it's the ending. Yeah. It's Kubrick's original film. Yeah. It was originally what he wanted and it turned out to be fucking dog shit. You are right. Yeah. You are right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry for going on that. No, 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 no. We got there. We got there. <laughs> anyway. The friendship's re- restored. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's still in one's hat. Let's, let's find out next week. We'll do episode 240. But that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for downloading it. If you like it, don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review. You'll get a new episode each and every week on a Monday slash Tuesday, depending on when yeah, you're it around. To it. You've been a busy man. But thank you so much for downloading, for listening. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.